Hello, quarantine friends. Good to be with you again. I forgot the intro and outro music last... I almost said last week, but no, just yesterday. Well, actually, technically, it's the 18th now. And I recorded last night after midnight. So actually, it's still today. It's the same day. I've slept since then, but it's the same day since I recorded last time. Wow. I'm on a good streak here. This is like 100% more than I usually post. So... Awesome. Hopefully this can keep going. Today felt different though, didn't it? Because the sun came out. Now, granted, it finished raining about an hour ago here in Weatherford, so the rain came out again too. But when I got up this morning, it was brighter out, it wasn't raining, the sun was shining after a couple hours, and I certainly had the feeling of, oh wow, that was all just like a fever dream, right? This whole, everything's canceled, you know, no masses, we're all stuck at home, That that's not really happening, right? You know, life isn't back to normal. But no, here we are, this is our normal, not having anything happening right now, unless you're, you know, run a grocery store, or a gas station, or you're in the medical industry, then lots is happening for you right now. So, even though the sun came out and it kind of seemed normal again, it wasn't, we're still in this, we still have... Uh, question mark number of weeks left, but maybe we'll, well, it's actually still just, for those who are are kind of in a a school calendar setup, it's still just spring break, technically. This isn't even, you know, if if you're, if you're uh, a school person, which we are here in Weatherford, we have Swasu to work with, it's still actually just spring break. Nothing is technically unusual yet in terms of the schedule. I mean, Okay, publicly there's uh, whatever the recommendations have been handed down from various political bodies. I've, I've honestly kind of lost track of that. Are we at, I don't know, once we went to no masses and effectively shut down church liturgies, to me it feels like we're at everybody's shelter in place. But that's not strictly true. Maybe I should actually read the news now again and see what the level of protocol is at this moment. But stay in, don't talk or touch to people, and that seems to be where we are. But it was nice to have the sun today, it was nice out, I did some stuff, got to walk around, uh, just walk around, a little five foot circle, no, um, but I did spend some time outside, and that was a refreshing change, even though it did rain again later. But things have occurred to me today, I, I laughed to myself, uh, because there was it's the picture that I'm going to use for the title of this, for the you know, to go with the along with the. I used to call it the profile picture of the post, and it's a sweatshirt that says the church has left the building. Now, when I saw this a few weeks ago on Facebook, it, you know, some little ad on Facebook, because you know they know that I do Christian stuff, so I get ads for Christian products all the time on Facebook, and I know where it comes from. It's supposed to be, you know, it's. I guarantee it's from a Protestant company who is, you know, oh, the, the, the church is out there in the world and, you know, we just meet and pray, but really it's out there. And, you know, it's like something I saw ad a couple of years ago on Facebook again. Um, it was a sem- an ad for a seminar, like, how to minister in a post-denominational world. What the hell does that even mean, post-denominational? And so this sweatshirt I know is getting at, oh, you know, the church exists just out there. The church is just us. Um, which is, from a Catholic standpoint, is... No, the church is primarily 
uh, church things primarily happen in the church. The seven sacraments, especially the Eucharist, is the foundation of our faith. And so the church has left the building, you know, okay, yes, obviously as Christian community we're out there, but the church is happens in the building, if you will. However, to see that again today uh, took a different tone because uh, now with Mass not being available, the church has to be out there, has to be out of the building uh, far more than usual. Uh, now, it's not entirely out of the building, of course. The Blessed Sacrament is still in the building, so in that sense, uh, the church very much is in the building still. Uh, but many folks are having to uh, learn how to do church without coming to Mass, which, of course, receiving the sacraments is very important and is very good, uh, but it's, I think, also a very good lesson for us to learn what to do out there, that it's not... that coming to Mass is not the only thing to do, that there are all kinds of spiritual devotions and great things to be doing that are outside of coming to Mass on Sunday or, on, or even the weekdays. Uh, so one of my great hopes is that after all this is over, uh, all the things that we've adopted, uh, is short of just watching Mass on TV and staying home, all the other devotions we've adopted to cope, to compensate in this time of not being able to come to church, let's keep those going because they're, they're good things. You know, the church has left the building... When you go home after Mass on Sunday, you leave and you take it with you and you keep doing it. You keep being Catholic outside. So, yeah, the church has left the building. It's also still in the building, which is different than the idea of, of the sweatshirt that I've seen. Uh, but it is outside the building, too, and we should keep it that way even after we're allowed to go back to, to uh, normal stuff. In Office of Readings this morning, it was the section from the Old Testament, uh, which I did... I did do a Facebook Live video of praying Office of Readings. Uh, so if you go back and find that, you'll know what I'm talking about more. Uh, but it's in it's in Exodus probably. Uh, either way, it's Moses and the people of Israel in the desert. And it talks about how uh, Moses would go to his tent, to the Lord's tent, and speak to the Lord face to face. And when they would, when he would do so, the people would go to the doors of their own tents and look towards that direction and you know, wait for Moses to to speak to the Lord. And that did seem a, a remarkable parallel to our times, uh, you know, because the sanctuary is the Lord's house, the Lord's tent, if you will. And so for those who uh, can't, can't go to Mass right now, uh, it, there is a sense of standing at the door of your tent and looking towards the Lord, uh, looking towards, I suppose, us priests who are able to go into the house in these days. Um, but again, that's part of this very special Lent that we're having, this very special wandering in the desert, so we can unite ourselves to the history of the people of Israel who are our forefathers in faith, and maybe take comfort that, well, they wandered in the desert, they didn't know what was going on, and they didn't have the Lord in their own houses, they couldn't go into the tent, but they stood at the doors of their own tents and looked towards the coming of the Lord. So, uh, even in this difficult and odd time, we are very much lining up with the experience of Christian life, with the experience of our fathers in faith. Earlier when I was at a gas station, I heard a stupid song. Some, the, the refrain was, ain't nothing that a beer can't fix. And basically, not basically, literally the song would list bad things that might happen in life, and then say, ain't nothing that a, that, 
but a beer can fix those things, which is a terrible thing, terrible idea. I mean, beer's good. I had one this evening, and it was delightful. And, okay, yes, in a certain sense, stressful day, hang out with friends or something like that, or in my case, eating a pizza, watching YouTube videos, having a beer can be perfectly fine, and isn't that nice? Uh, some rest, great, sure. But the song very clearly and very literally said all kinds of things that a beer can fix and framed it very objectively as this is your coping mechanism, it's a good idea. No, it's a terrible idea. Yes, a beer is a good thing and God gave it to us to enjoy, but do not use alcohol to fix real problems. That's how you get to be an alcoholic. And, okay, father, it's just a country song, come on. Yeah, but if you listen to those kind of songs a lot, you get that mentality kind of soaks in, and suddenly you have one beer to fix something, and then you have three, and then you have a whole six-pack every night to, quote, fix things, and doesn't fix anything. So, the song, Ain't Nothing a Beer Can't Fix, Ain't Nothing That Is Fixed by Beer. If you got problems, deal with them in healthy ways. If you're happy, and if there's not any problems, then have a beer to relax as part of, sorry, have a beer as part of relaxing. A good policy is only drink when you don't need to, right? If you're having alcohol of any sort to fix anything, hell no, it's a bad idea. Don't do that. Bad idea. Also in the first reading, no, it was in the, it was in the second reading, Master reading this morning. I'm going to segue this, I promise. There's a little section critiquing uh, critiquing those who might critique faith uh, you know I, I don't see I, I don't see God so he doesn't exist you know it doesn't make sense to me an atheist you know that there's that doesn't make sense that sounds dumb so there's no God well okay if someone is blind and they can't see the sun does that mean the sun doesn't exist no the sun still exists whether they see it or not so God still exists whether people believe in him or not but to segue it to the dumb beer song, a better option exists whether you see it or not. Some people, well, you know, life sucks, I'll just have a beer because uh, there's nothing else to do. Nothing else will fix it, so might as well you know, just do this instead. No, there are better things out there. If you're fixing life with just having a beer, open your eyes. Like, no, no, maybe not even be rude, just really, open your eyes. There are better things out there. Don't get stuck in that. Don't think a beer will fix this or I need beer to fix this because you don't and it won't. So open your eyes, have faith in other options, uh, especially in the Lord, of course, but that's not the only thing. Faith is good, but just faith won't cure alcoholism. You got to have real help. So, um, and this is true for other problems too, not just beer, but this, that stupid song. I was angry at that song because A, is just poorly written drivel. Um, I'm sad that someone even produced that. Uh, but also, people really take that as a real attitude, and that's uh, terrible. And then one final thing. I do wonder uh, how salty people might be about having adoration and confessions, but not Mass. I thought about that earlier. We had, this evening we had adoration and confessions here at St. Eugene's. We had uh, two hours of adoration, and uh, four or five people came to confession, which not bad for having announced it an hour and a half before it happened. I you know, hadn't really planned on it, but then later in the day I thought, you know, we should do this. It would be a good thing to do. So I put it up on the flock note, put it on Facebook. So uh, pretty excellent turnout given the shortness of notice and the surprise of it. 
But I understand the frustration of, well, if we can do that, why can't we have mass? Well, primarily because the bishop asked us not to. Obedience is the most important thing in this case. You know, you could say, well, you know, what if it's only like a few people at mass? And they, yeah, but then that's okay. And they, maybe maybe would be okay. But then, you know, 5 is 10, 10 is 15, 15 is 20, 25 is 50. And then suddenly, wouldn't it be great to have a full church, of course? But then we, you know, if you slip a little bit, you get into trouble. So under obedience, we'll not be having mass. And I guess we'll do something if it turns out that people, like, Hundred people come to adoration, wouldn't that be awesome? Um, I would love to have that problem, so you know, we'll see. Um, but offering adoration and confession is a way to receive God's mercy and, and to see the Lord, uh, even though we can't uh, receive Him literally at the moment, uh, because of course, you know. Right, so, well, what if we just come to? You know, we're there for adoration. What if we just like do the like, communion service? What if we just, like if we kind of add things back to have like a pretend mass? then, you know, we're getting, again, dangerously close to doing what we were asked by the bishop not to do. And so, just doing adoration, unless the church is miraculously packed, you know, 200 people there, there's a lot more space to spread out, there's a lot less uh, in-personal contact space, shaking hands, speaking to each other kind of stuff. Um, Depending with confession, recommend to go behind the screen, there's a bit of a distance there. So, um, I know it might seem, well, why, why don't we just go ahead and have mass? There is a big difference still in terms of the, the physical danger of it. Uh, so I do encourage you to come to adoration, go to confession. Uh, the church is going to be open lots of times. So even, you know, if you have a chance to just come by and pray just by yourself, you and the Lord, and that's fine. There's, there's no risk there. Uh, we'll keep the pews nice and clean and, and hand and sanitized. Um, so, uh, I understand, you know, I've been salty about lots of things. When the, when the NCA got canceled, I was like, what? This is, you know, I've, I've been angry about various levels of the difficulty. But I've come around, and it does make sense, and we'll be grateful for this for the struggle in the long run. Um, and so there is adoration and confession, and I, it might seem, well, if we can do this, why not the other thing? But but there are tangible differences, and uh, it is it is a way that we can get close to the Lord without uh, endangering ourselves and others too much. Um, you know, in this whole thing, if you need motivation to, to do what we've been asked, consider it an act of charity. You may be fine, but someone whom you might give it to might not be. You know, suppose you get the, the COVID-19 and, you know, you have a fever for a couple of weeks and you feel kind of frumpy, but otherwise you're fine. But your grandma might not go so well. And if you're callous about it and don't take care of things and you pass them to somebody who can't handle it, that's not good. You don't want that on your, on your conscience. So it is difficult. It is awkward. And we're doing the best that we can. Of course, we trust in the Lord, but we also, uh, you know, he gave us intellect and he wants us to use it. So let us be prudent and wise, even in a difficult situation, but take the, take the chances we have. And, uh, above all, be gracious, merciful, and forgiving. This is still Lent after all. We should always be that way, but Lent especially, uh, to return to the Lord, to trust in his promises, and uh, stand at the door of our tents and look forward to the salvation that will come from the Lord.